Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Have a great, great time. I was thinking about what to preach on the beginning of a Sea of Miracles Bible School. A lot of times whenever we think about miracles, we immediately go to the miracles of Jesus Christ uh, and all the miracles of... There's Miss Rachel. I was looking everywhere for her. And uh, man, everybody's moving around this morning. But anyway, um, I was thinking about what to preach this morning. And honestly, whenever I walked in here um, the other day and, and, and saw the way all the decorations and was starting to get the feel of the way everything was... Honestly, my mind went back to the children of Israel uh, whenever they crossed the Red Sea. And of course we know they crossed on dry ground that night in chapter number 14. We're fixing to read a little bit about it. And I got to thinking about what did it look like that night. And um, there's a lot of things that we can say. It was darkness to Pharaoh and his army, but to the children of Israel, man, it was light. But what did it look like? Now, according to some commentators, the Red Sea was parted through miles that night um, uh, for all the children to be able to cross uh, in that amount of time. But if you was on the ends of that, I wonder if that's kindly what it looked like whenever they was crossing. I wonder if they saw the fish swimming. Uh, I wonder if they saw the seahorses and um, um, what's that thing, Brother Heath? Oh, a j- ooh. Them things are I wonder if they saw the jellyfish, and I wonder if they saw the sea turtles. Man, that's a big old turtle back there. I wonder what they saw. My mind just began to think about the children of Israel that night. And um, so I want to give you a little thought about um, the crossing of the Red Sea and, and, and uh, just a simple little uh, salvation thought out of this this morning. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. And we'll see what the Lord will give us today and um, um, see if he'll help us. Amen. Uh, The Bible said this in verse number 19 of Exodus chapter number 14. Uh, The Bible said uh, uh, in verse number 19, And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them, uh, and the pillar of the cloud went from before their faces uh, and stood behind them. And it came to pass between the and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud of darkness to them, but it gave a light by night to these, so that the one came out near, the other came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by great or by and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right right hand and on their left. Father, I love you. I pray, God, that you'd help us this morning as we preach. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to, uh, Father, recall the things that we've studied. God, I pray that if there's anybody here lost today, God, that you'd save them today and we'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. 
I want to look into this passage for just a little while this morning uh, and uh, look on this great crossing uh, of the Red Sea. Now, I'm sure that if you've been in church any time at all, that you have heard about the story of the children of Israel uh, crossing the Red Sea, God bringing them out of Egypt uh, and delivering them out of captivity uh, and God doing the work in their life. And we know that this is the journey as it begins going towards Canaan land. Uh, and then when we get in the book of Joshua, we know that Joshua ends up leading them and ultimately leads them uh, into Canaan land, into a place uh, of victory in Canaan's land. Now, there's a lot of things that you can say uh, about this Red Sea crossing. Man, there's so many messages that can be preached and so many things that can be brought out of it. And I thought about this. I just want to give you uh, just in passing something out of verse number 19 uh, uh, that the Lord showed me this week. I was studying on it and um, in verse number 19 the Bible said and the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them. There was a separation that took place there. This cloud that we're introduced to in chapter number 13, the closing of chapter number 13, we're introduced to this cloud that God gives them to lead them by day and to lead them by night. We know that it led them the whole way and what God done there through that cloud, but this cloud ends up moving from in front of them and going behind them, and it made it darkness for the Egyptian army, but made it light for the Israelites that night for them to cross. And there is a separation that took place there from the Egyptians and the Israelites. The Holy Spirit, that cloud, sets down and separates them out. You know, a lot of times in our mind, we have this concept or we have this thought that separation is bad, but separation is right. Separation is needed. Separation is godly. Separation is good for you. I seen that in verse number 19. Watch this. The angel that stood behind. You know what? As they began going forward for God and they began separating themselves from the Egyptians atop of the world, there was the angel that stood behind them. Now, I'm not going to preach on this this morning. I'm just going to give it to you and preach on something else. But it was too good to pass by, Zeb. I had to mention it. You know, I thought about this. Have you ever heard that statement? I've got your six. You ever heard that? I've got you six. You said, preacher, what do you mean I've got your back is what that's saying. I've got your back. If anything goes wrong, I've got your back. Can I say something to you? When we begin to separate, understand that God has our back and everything's going to be all right. I thought about this. There was the angel that stood behind, but there was the area that stayed bright. The very thing that they feared, the very unknown, that they didn't know what was going to happen. The Red Sea was in front of them. But what happened? God made their way bright and prospered it for them to go across. And that's what God will do in your life when you separate from this world. I thought about this. There's the adversary that set back. The adversary that set back. You see, whenever the Egyptians pursued after the Israelites, God, it came to a point where God said, you know what, I'm not going to allow you to pursue anymore. And he put a cloud in between them. 
Can I say something to you? The devil can only come as far as God will let him come. Matter of fact, what did he say whenever he went to try Job? Here's what he said. Hath thou not put a hedge about Job? God has put a hedge about us. And we see that even right there in the children of Israel in verse number 19. Here's what I'm interested in this morning. Just a, a, a quick overlook of the children of Israel and applying it to our life. Number one, I want you to note their slavery this morning. Their slavery, if, if time would permit us, we can go back in the beginning of Exodus and we can see how the children of Israel is brought into bondage and the children of Israel is brought into slavery by the Egyptians and by Pharaoh and the Egyptians bring them into slavery. The children of Israel had lived a life of slavery. They had been there and all they knew was that life of slavery. Matter of fact, they was young people. They was born. They was babies. They was born into that slavery. That's all that they knew uh, was working for the Egyptians. Can I say something to you this morning? When we look at the, the, the country or the nation or the Egyptians uh, as a type of the world, and we see that in the Bible today, that is exactly what the world is today. Uh, the world is slavery today. A lot of people would say, no, Christianity uh, is slavery. No, Christianity uh, is freedom today. Being saved Amen. Uh, be anointed with God is freedom today. Uh, this world is slavery today. And the children of Israel was living uh, a life of uh, slavery. What did the Bible say? David said this, that he was born or shapen in iniquity. Each and every one of us uh, was born a slave to sin today. Every one of us today. You say, well, preacher, uh, I'm not a sinner. Well, the Bible says for all uh, have sinned and come short of the glory of God and each and every one of us just like the Egyptians or just like the Israelites was in slavery at one time in our life. And I say something to you this morning if you are not saved you say why well, was I was trying to figure out where to step. If you are not these ropes and nets really has me bound this morning. If you are not saved you are living a life of slavery. You are enslaved to sin. I was talking to a young man this week and he was talking about his life and here's what he said. He said, I am not addicted. That was what he said. And I said, well, walk away from it. I said, walk away from it. You know what he said? He said, he said, there's some things that I may could walk away from. He said, but I can't walk away from the people that's leading me that way. And here's what I told him. I said, you'll never walk away from it. I said, until you learn to block every one of them in that, that friend list, and until you learn to wipe all of that friend list out, it's not that we hate them. Somebody give me an amen right there. But you are right now or soon will be what your friends are. And I said, son, until you decide that you'll walk away from every bit of that, you are enslaved to that. And that's the way the world is is today. It will enslave us. Sin enslaves us today. Um, you know what a lot of people says. Um, now stay with me right here. Don't nobody get mad. A lot of people says, I am not addicted to social media. Delete your account. Amen. Well, you know, I might need to know what's going on. Uh, then you're enslaved to it. 
We are enslaved. And the children of Israel was living a life of slavery. Sin will enslave us today. Ah, number one, I see there's, there's slavery. But number two, I want you to note this with me. And I, I know I'll get done earlier today with the choir not singing and everything, but it's going to be a busy afternoon. But I don't want to preach too fast and miss what God wants. Number two, I see their Savior. I see their slavery. They was in bondage, man. I'm telling you, they was in bondage in, in Egypt. But God, boy, we could go back to the book of Genesis and we can look at that Abrahamic covenant and what God promised Abraham's seed. We can go back to the book of Genesis and realize that from the very beginning of time that the Israelites was God's chosen people. They're still God's chosen people and God will still have His way with Israel. You mark my word on that. I tell you the only reason that we've been blessed the way that we have so far in America is because previously we had a president that stood with I said previously we had a president that stood with the nation of Israel and God said I'll bless those that bless her and I'll curse those that curse her and boy the Egyptians are fixing to figure that out Boy, the Israelites are down there and they're in slavery. They're bound by slavery. But man, when we began to watch what God has promised up from the book of Genesis, God says this. I'm not quoting it verbatim. Go home and read it. God says, I'm going to raise up a man that will bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and lead them to Canaan's land. God said, I am preparing a way. I'm providing a way for that to take place. Uh, hear me and hear me well. Uh, uh, 2,000 years ago uh, uh, God provided a way uh, uh, for us to be brought out of Egypt uh, and the bondage and the slavery uh, of uh, this world. Yes, yes, they was in bondage. Uh, uh, yes, they was in slavery. Uh, but there was a man that showed up on the scene uh, uh, by the name of Moses. Uh, and the reason that he showed up on the scene uh, is because he was in the backside of the desert uh, and hardly nobody knew who he was uh, but there was a burning bush that had the glory of God uh, uh, coming up out of it uh, and Moses heard the voice of God uh, and done what God uh, commanded him to do uh, and God used Moses uh, to bring the children of Israel uh, out of Egypt's land uh, and across the Red Sea uh, and on uh, their journey uh, for Canaan's land for 30 years there was a man that was hid by the way they didn't hear nothing about him they didn't hear him say much matter of fact we see him when he's born we see him when he's about 5 we see him at 12 years old sitting in the temple but all of a sudden there was a man by the name of John the Baptist that was baptized and down by the river Jordan and he stood up and saw somebody coming far off and here's what he said 
behold the Lamb of God which taketh away of the sins of the world. John that day said, behold. He said, looky, looky. We may have been living in bondage. We may have been living in slavery. But God has provided himself a lamb. Oh yes, this world will bring bondage. This world will bring slavery. Oh, but I sure am glad that God looked down through the scope of time and said, I'll send a Savior to deliver my people from the bondage that they're in. John said, behold the Lamb of God. John saw a sacrifice that day. He said, behold the Lamb. John saw the sovereign that day. He said, behold the Lamb of God. John saw a sacrifice that day. He said, in, in that Lamb. But John saw the sovereign in the Lamb of God. And John saw through the scope of time and said, which taketh away not just the sin of their day, but the sin of the whole world. There is a Savior today. You may be bound down by sin today, but there is a remedy today. Oh, yes. He provided a Savior. I see their slavery. I see their Savior. But then watch this. I see their selection. You say, preacher, what do you mean? They had to make a decision. They had to select that night if they was going to cross the Red Sea or if they was going to stay back and let the Egyptians kill them. There was a selection that had to be made that day. Now, I'm going to say something, and I thought about this early this morning. I thought about this yesterday evening, late studying. I thought about this for, for, for the past two or three weeks. It seems like every Sunday morning, there's been something that ended up geared towards a decision that you're going to have to make. A decision. And I don't know who it is that God's preaching to. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to have to make a decision. There was time to quit straddling the fence. They had to decide that day. Either they was going with God or they wouldn't. And I'm going to tell you, the day is coming. Not only in salvation. I'm preaching in salvation first. You'll have to make the decision. God has provided a way. God has given a way for you to be saved. God has taken care of everything that needs to be done, but you've got to accept it. That falls on you. I'll take it a step further this morning. When it comes to serving God, when it comes, matter of fact, you can preach the Red Sea there's, they're in typology. You can preach it as a picture of, of, of salvation crossing over. But you can also preach them just leaving Egypt as a picture of salvation. And now at the Red Sea, they stand at a place of consecration. A place where they say, you know what? When I walk across this, it's goodbye to the world that I once lived in. There's a lot of people that get saved and they never go no further in their walk with God. They never go a step further in their walk with God. They get saved and that's it. They never fully separate from the world. Amen. They never fully experience the, the, the happiness and the victorious Christian life. Now, I want to say something to you. So I believe there's a lot of people sitting here saved. I believe there's some that if you was to die this morning, you'd go to hell and you know who you are. 
You say, preacher, do you really believe? I believe every time I walk in the church doors, there's probably somebody here lost. But you may be sitting here and you're saved this morning. I want to say something to you. You're going to have to come to a place where you make a decision. You're going to have to, are you going with God or are you just going to continue to hang around in this world? That young man that I talked to last week, I looked him eye to eye in my office. And I said, the first thing I want to know, I said, are you saved? And he said, do what? I said, are you saved? He said, yes, I'm saved. I said, tell me about when you got saved. He told me about when he got saved. I said, if you was to die, where would you go? He said, I'd go to heaven. I said, how do you know you wouldn't go to hell? He said, because I'm saved. And here's what I told him. I said, well, you're going to have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. You have to select if it's Christ or the world. Let me tell you what happens in our life. We come to that place and we're going to choose one of the two. And when we decide to choose the world over Christ, there is a correction that takes place. God says, those whom I loveth, I correcteth. And if correction is not real in your life, according to the Bible, we're bastards and not sons. That's exactly what the Word of God says. It says that we're bastards and not sons. In other words, we are not the Son of God. Brother Josh, I can live my life any way I want to, but there's a correcting of God that's going to come on me. And if there is no correction, then you need to get saved. If you refuse the correction of God and don't heed the correction of God, then there comes a time, according to the Bible, that God will turn your flesh over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Not the destruction of the soul because your soul saved. Somebody give me a witness right there. There comes a time when God says, I'm done with you. I'm not... I... Watch this. I don't have time to preach all this. But watch this. It happened in Moses' life. Moses didn't lead the children of Israel into Canaan. God took him on the mountain and God let him look at it, but God never let him go in. You want me to tell you the reason why? Tell you, God, Moses didn't listen to God. Moses went against God's word. God told Moses to smite that rock one time. What did Moses do? He smite it twice. And in doing that, he... that. Boy, there's so much you could preach right here. That was a picture of Calvary. That was a picture of Jesus being smitten one time, Brother Tim. He, was ne- he never died but one time. And in Moses doing that, he disrupted the picture of Calvary that God was making out of that. And because of that, correction came in Moses' life. There were some things that Moses missed out on that some of those others in the children of Israel got to see. Why? Because he did not completely separate himself. I'm going to tell you something. There's a selection that's got to be made. Are you going with God or not? Are you selling out with him or not? Uh, Amen. I'll take Jesus first of all. I'm going to tell you what, I'd rather have him. I'd rather have the peace of God than the pleasure of this world. And I did say pleasure because Hebrews 11.25 says there's pleasure in sin for a season. And it's going to come to an end. Their selection. What are you going to choose this morning? If you're here lost, you're going to either choose salvation or to leave lost. If you're here saved, if you're here saved this morning, you're either, if you're not completely dedicated to Christ, 
You're going to choose to completely sell out to him. Or you're going to choose to live the life that you're living. And I'm going to tell you something, you're going to miss out on some things. You're going to miss out. Moses did. Moses, now I know they got across the Red Sea. I know Moses took a, a, a tree and threw it in the waters at Marah and it was made sweet. I know all that. I'm fixing to say something about that and I'll be done. But there's a selection that they had to make. They had, we were sitting around yesterday. I know Brother Tim was in here. I can't remember who else was in here. We said Brother Josh was probably in, Brother Bailey was probably, I don't, I don't know. But we were sitting right over here. And I said, I wonder if those that was brought to the crossing of the Red Sea I wonder if they had a choice whether to go across or not. I think they did, Brother Stan. I think they had to choose that day. God will never make you live for Him. He'll make you wish you had Him. Number one, there was slavery. Number two, their Savior. Number three, their selection. But number four, and I'm done. Look in verse number, or chapter number 15. Chapter number 15, verse number one says this. I'm not having a stroke when I lean my head. There's this awful shadow standing right here on my Bible and I can't half read it, okay? So don't nobody call 911 yet. Then sang Moses, I'm going to move my hand too. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare him a habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Can I say this? There was their slavery. Will you come start playing softly, Miss Tanya? There was their slavery. There was their Savior. There was their selection. But then there was their shouting or their singing praises to God. Tell you what they done after God brought them across the Red Sea that day? They stood there. Man, I'm going to tell you something. Chapter 14, chapter number 15 of Exodus is action-packed. It's action-packed. I love to read it. It talks about they were standing there looking back into the Red Sea. And the Egyptian army, 600 chosen chariots, and then there was more besides that, comes in to the Red Sea. And as they were standing there, the Bible says this, that their wheels ran off and they drave them hard. That's what it says. Their wheels run off. Could you imagine... Could you imagine, one of them's probably standing over there and they're saying something like this. Well, Moses, you got us across the sea, but now here they come and we're going to die here. There's always that crowd. That one that said, another $2,000 to give away in missions? We're trying to build a building. What is he doing trying to make us go broke? There was that one brother Matt that said, I can't believe it. There's Pharaoh on his chariot. He's going to kill us all. And then all of a sudden, one of them goes, Well, yonder boys, there's a wheel running down through the sea. I wonder where that came from. And they turn around and look. 
and the wheel of the chariot has come off. And Pharaoh's hanging on the side now. All two horsepower of his chariot. Did y'all get it? Two horses pulling at two horsepower. All two horsepower of his chariot. It was a Chevrolet. <laughs> that piece, Brother Tim, is digging in the ground now. That chariot's a bucket. And here they go, Brother Stan. I, mean, I, I try to get there and see you. Here they go flying off. No doubt Pharaoh was probably on that lead chariot. Maybe he hits the ground. He's like one of them ninja fighters. And he just does a flip and comes back up. And one of them goes, Well, I thought we was all right, but he's running now. Moses says, Hey, y'all. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. You know what Moses politely done? He said, you has got little kids, put your hands over their ears right here. He said, y'all shut up and watch what God's fixing to do. Just watch this. Moses takes that rod, and I'm not going to try to get that thing out, but he sticks that rod back out over the Red Sea. And all the water comes crashing back in. Boy, now wouldn't it have been something if I could have stuck it out and all them fell in on top of y'all right then. All them tablecloths and everything fell in. That'd been something. I'd have talked about y'all being Egyptians and me being an Israelite. That'd been something on live feed. You know what they was going to do? That's going to put that octopus up in that. And when I opened up this morning, that's going to have it rigged where that thing had fallen, that octopus had fallen out on my head. And the only reason they didn't is they, feel, they figured out it comes back this way, Brother Brian. So they would have piled right in the head this morning. We'd have had a Benny Hinn service with an air vent. <laughs> what am I preaching about? Moses says, hey, y'all just watch what's fixing to happen. And they watched the enemy destroyed. And son, you want to talk about breaking into praise. How many times in your life have you watched God do the impossible? Me and Brother Scotty was talking the other night. We stand over here. Matter of fact, this Friday night we had a little prayer meeting. After we was decorating and everything, we just got around and prayed a little while. Brother Scotty got to crying and here's what he said. He said, you know what, preacher? He said, the past couple of weeks, it seems like anything I ask God for, He's given it to me. I started asking him to pray some prayers for me. He said, anything that I've asked him for, it seems that God's given it to me. You know what Brother Scotty was doing? Thank you, Lord. He's just praying. He was shouting. He was thanking God for what he's done. Now, I understand that we're not going to see our enemy destroyed here. But can I fast forward a little while? I don't know the exact timeline of it. I got a good good thought in my mind of what the timeline is because coming of the Lord's at hand. There's coming a day that Satan is going to stand in the presence of a holy God. We're going to be standing there to watch it. Satan's going to be bound hand and foot and cast off into hell.
the enemy that held us slave for so long. Son, we're going to get to stand there, Brother Aaron. We're going to get to watch Satan cast off into hell. And boy, you want to talk about a great day, Brother Stan, when we watch Satan, our enemy, be destroyed right before us. Let me tell you what's going to happen at that moment. We're going to fall down on our knees around the throne of God and we're going to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and is to come. Amen. Oh yes. If you're here this morning you're living a life of slavery, I promise you there's a Savior, but you'll have to make the decision of what you'll do with Him. Father,